I hate I hate podcasts that it's like the whole you know table of contents. But you know, have you ever been on or heard of those that it's like NPR and it's like welcome to the show so and so. Oh like, yeah, yeah. What yeah. are we doing? This is exactly what we're not supposed to be doing. Yeah, instead of just talking. Talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know how we met? Do you remember how we met? Um, and this isn't a quiz because I'm not sure either. <laughs> was it? Was it in doing Arizona? Doing stand up. I I met Noah. Fin- Finley? Or yeah, Finley? yeah, Finley yeah. In Arizona. Okay. And I don't know if I met you through him, but I met some of his like improv or sketch team that was in yes. um, Tempe, at the Tempe Improv performing. Yeah. Were you part of that? No, we didn't meet there, but we I think we met through Noah. So we met through Noah. I think we were at um, an open mic. And we just met at an open mic out here with, I went with Noah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then I saw you maybe on Runyon once. Do you really? remember that? No. I, I ran by you on Runyon. Oh, which is, did I you say like, hi? Yeah, you said hi to me first. Oh. Good, you don't remember me. Nice. <laughs> that was this like four years ago. No, it really was. You've been here for probably pushing on five years, right? Yeah. Because I moved here, yeah, my five-year anniversary is coming up. Yeah. That means we're getting old. Oh, so old. And I say we, but me, because you're a lot younger than I am. Well, how old are you? I'm 33. Oh. I'm yeah, I was, when I met Noah, um, we were, I was, I just moved across the country single so i was just like throwing dick around or mm-hmm. like trying to you know and i was in tempe which is this incredible party town but oh, i was yeah. still mid to late 20s mm-hmm. so that's like a town where you're it's just college kids yeah i was such a super creepy town. and yeah. then noah and i would go out and have fireball shots and he would watch me get rejected by people so it was like a good start to like meet a new person <laughs> Nice. Because everyone in college knows each other. Yeah. Even in that big school, I feel like everyone kind of had their cliques, and mm-hmm. I was just literally there alone. The guy I was opening for was sober, so he was just in the hotel room, and I was like, I think I got to go out by myself. Oh, you were just visiting. I was there doing sta- uh, doing uh, a weekend at the Tempe Improv. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I only ever did that spot last year. I went back to visit my parents, and yeah. so I didn't even do it. I didn't even do stand-up in college or anything like improv i started doing it all when i got out here you weren't doing any any comedy troops or Mm-mm, nothing i was like too like 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 cool girl like i thought like i really wanted to do it yeah. but i was like embarrassed that my other friends would see it it was like so lame that's the hardest part of comedy and by the way we're talking to shannon d everyone hello the garden state your jersey right yeah you called me and it was cam i got the camden ID. oh yeah <laughs> i know Fuck it's the yeah. worst how do you get stuck with the Camden ID? Because I'm from Camden County. So okay. I, I grew up like a mile in between. One year, Camden was voted the worst city in the country. Yeah. And then Morristown was voted the best city in the country in one year. So I was like dead in the middle. So I grew up with like half of it being trash. Yeah, it's a, it was, it was a, but that's, that's the beauty of Jersey. You get yeah. half trash and then half like kind of cooler. We had, yeah. I, I, not to set the bar high, but all of my guests that have come from New Jersey are really cool people. Nice. So like oh, I yeah. feel a connection to Jersey. Um, I'm you know from Rhode Island, not mm-hmm. too far away. Yeah. But when uh, I started at University of Rhode Island, it was mainly Jersey people. For whatever reason, Jersey came to oh, Rhode yeah. Island and literally took over. I had never met a Jewish person before. Mm. I had never met like like just that flair, like that Jersey flair. Like yeah. Rhode Island's just like popped collar kind of yachty uh you know sperm whale embroidered on your jeans like yeah. that's not there's not there's no fashion in new england like ed hardy yeah but you're stuff. this is jersey right here you got the this is like you got the scrunchie mm-hmm. like that's not and i feel like that's yeah. not even a comeback that's just a standard jersey standard thing. i don't know well i grew up right outside of philly which is different than what people think of like the fist pumping yeah like 
New York kind of Jersey. Right, like the Jersey Shore. South Jersey Jersey and North Jersey are so different. So Philly near Philly is South Jersey? Southwest, yeah. Southwest Jersey. Yeah. So it's like here's All right, because Camden is next to Philly. Right next to it. Because that's where Bill Burr had his uh, epic meltdown. Did you ever see that? Oh no. He had a show that pretty much made him famous like he was already a headliner but oh yes 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 yeah and he like he went was off only on filling Jersey. his time and he just, and shit, just on shit on them. everybody yeah, yes, yes, but like they were they ended up liking it because it's that's philly philly yeah. yeah that's just what it is yeah anyway so you didn't that. so you didn't do because now you're doing sketch comedy stand-up uh what, yeah, what, what, you, like, what, how, what would you say you're doing out here i kind of stopped doing stand-up i was like, I, I've never really had the dream of being, like, a stand-up comedian. And, I mean, as you know, like, that lifestyle is, like, you kind of have to be out there, like, every single night. Yeah. And it just wasn't really for me. But I really loved it because it made me feel so much more comfortable on stage. But now I do, like, character monologues. Like, SNL would be, like, which, a dream of which mine. Which is interesting because you said you were afraid to, like, be goofy in front of your friends. But, like, that's the yeah. like ultimate... Like, oh my god! Now I don't give a fuck. You like, I'm give a so. Fuck. Can we? Are we allowed to curse? Curse, okay. please. Yeah. Like now, I like I. I feel like I've finally embraced who I am. But I think like throughout high school, and I mean, I was I went to performing arts high school, so I was definitely goofy there. Like I got class clown. But then when you go to college, you're like kind of trying to be like sort of cool. Yeah. Because well, comedy's not sexy. No, and so a couple of my friends were on the improv troupe, and I remember they would perform like during. At like the lunch, the lunch place, like what's it called? Cafeteria. The, yeah, the, like yeah. not there, but there was a stage right near there, and I'd walk by and I'd watch them, and I'd be like, oh, I really like, I, I should, I should audition. I just never did. It's weird. It's um, you know, with this with this podcast, we talk a lot about like missed opportunities and leap in the net will appear, and it's never too late. Yeah. So it's funny that in college you were like wanting to do that, but maybe like what like for me, I got into acting after I got my business degree, mm-hmm. and I went from acting to improv to stand up, and th- I only went that route because that's just that's just how it happened. Like I would have loved to do, st- I would have loved to be to see stand up comedy in college and be like, oh, I want to try that. Yeah. But it was so far out of my realm of possibility. That totally. and again, not only just looking stupid, but yeah, you've got this magnifying glass on you of of trying of you know you're in school, you're spending all this money, and it's like that's really you're just going to study game, like you're going to clown. Right. What is this? Yeah. Did your parents have any sort of hesitation for you getting into that? Oh my god, not at all. They love it. I'm so lucky. They're just like. 100% my like biggest fan. Do they work in sort of any sort of entertainment? No, or? but my grandmother was a music teacher for like her whole life. And so she would always make us perform for her. Like she would always <laughs> want me to do like some comedy or, or cause I went to performing arts high school. She'd always want me to like act for her friends. Like whenever her friends were over, um, my sister did gymnastics. So she would have her do gymnastics. My mom danced as a kid. My aunt sang like, so she just always wanted us to perform. So we grew it's always up a talent show. Always. <laughs> and so we grew up, um, we have parking lots in a guest house at the Jersey Shore in um, Wildwood, New Jersey. And the guest house is huge. And there's um, like two big front porches, one upstairs and one downstairs. And the downstairs one, whenever this one guy would come into town, he was a, a pianist on a, cru- on a cruise ship. And he would always come and stay. 
and she would make signs that say like um, concert on the porch <laughs> and she would have him perform and then she would want all of us to perform too and, and are you still doing was, that does she still make you get, get up there well she actually she just passed away in January oh, but yeah no it's okay the reason Tasha's not here she's you know my co-host you know long-term girlfriend yeah uh, her her grandmother passed away this week too so oh she my god go she did oh. she had both her grandparents in like in the last two years passed away yeah but uh, it's you know like they knew it was going to happen and it's it's a blessing in so many ways in the mm-hmm. in the way of which it did not to get into like you know that but i'm sure she'll talk about it when she comes back but yeah it's just you know like for me my my grandmother died when um i was one you know oh, yeah. so i like, never got to meet her never got to know her know. so like i've got to know two grandmothers through tasha they're both like one was blind by the time I met her. The other one was mm-hmm. like, I could barely talk. And, you know, but it's cool to see people that actually got to have that grandparent. Yeah. Sort of oh my God. I love, I grew up with them at the Jersey shore every summer. We all, all lived down there and we were so close to them. She was like my second mom. And yeah. so it was, they died both her and her husband like a month apart oh in January, gosh. February. But that's amazing. I know. It that's was like, like really Nicholas romantic. Sparks. Yeah. It's just like, you go, all right, I'm done here, and then you're done. You're yeah, fucking, you're gone. My mm-hmm. um, the only uh, grandparent I have is my grandpa Skip, whom I hadn't seen since high school, so I hadn't seen in 15 years. Wow. I saw him a few weeks ago. No way, for the first time. My family didn't disown him. He's just sort of a a drinker, mm. a sailor, degenerate. Who, not not even a like if you met him you'd be like this is a great old man yeah because you wouldn't know like sort of how the family felt abandoned and blah 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 so all the younger all my aunts and uncles that were young never really got a never felt abandoned by him they just didn't know him as well either so they've actually embraced him to return and some of the older aunts and uncles that i have are kind of like Mm. still you know coping with the idea of just like who cares? Forget about it right. and just move on. So he's, yeah, he started to make his comeback and he's in his eighties and he's trucking around and he's, he's funny. Does it, where does he live? Rhode Island? He's, I don't know. Oh. He's just like <laughs> on a in, sailboat. In Rhode Island. I don't know. I don't think he's got a, he probably has a sailboat in Maine, Yeah, but he would go from Maine to Florida. He would sail by himself up and down the coast. He, he had, um, he released an album like kind of wow. Frank Sinatra style back in the day. That's he was cool. just like a crooner. I heard that he that he's done stand up before, um, but all these things oh I still. God. So when I saw him, uh, my mom, like most of my family, was out of town the day he came in. Mm. They had already seen him, so so they had been seeing him for like a month or so. They all got they've all had the talk with him. Not nothing deep, but they got to see him. And then and then when he came to town, it was just my sister and I. We went out to dinner with him, and my mm. sister now has four children. She's literally just a year old, and she has four kids. Mm. And she had to like introduce me to my grandfather. Be like, this is Dave, my brother, which is the saddest. Wow. But he's not fucked in the head. Right. He just hasn't seen me in 15 years, and he's got probably 30 something grandkids. Wow, he's got a lot. Yeah. So as soon as he knew it, it was me, and again, a foot taller. I just don't. I'm just a facial hair. I'm just not the same guy. Yeah. That whoever he met. So you grew was, a foot since high school. Well, I mean, I don't. I can't, I can't remember the last time he saw me, but yeah, I mean, well. Maybe that was in eighth grade. I grew, I grew like 10 inches one year. You did? Yeah. <laughs> I was on the bottom end. Yeah. Everyone, not, and I, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't like the last one. Actually, I was probably one of the first ones because it was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, I grew about eight inches, eight to 10 inches one year. And then I never grew like that. Like I was always the tallest. Always tall. So I was always just like steady. So I never knew what people meant by like the growing pains. Yeah. Did you have that? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. My knees. What if it just, just a weird. Ached. Eight, yeah, because men in my and I have a big nose, but my nose came first. 
Oh. And then my ears. Always. The boys' nose always comes oh. first, and they're so awkward in middle school. I was cute the first part of eighth grade, mm. and then I grew into this monster. <laughs> I grew into a monster. And then Over I, the course of a year. Yeah. It was like seven months. And then like, and then I slowly like popped like limbs and muscles back into place. Like and, the werewolf in um, Harry Potter. Yeah, that was me. Just the, one, like literally one limb at a time. And then, and then, and this is true too. Guys are obsessed with, with hitting puberty because mm. like women, I feel like, I mean, I guess women's boobs come in, yeah. but men, it's like, you're just like waiting for pubic hair and, mm-hmm. and, and your dick to get like, because all you've seen, you know, is an adult penis. If yeah. you've seen any porn and then you that's not it. Well, no girls can't wait till when I, one summer it was, um, I think I was 13. So I was going into eighth grade and the summer I made like a list of things that I wanted to do that summer. And my sister found it. It was so embarrassing. And it said one, um, kiss a boy so that I could go into eighth grade. Like We're do having kissed a boy. You're going to have like kissing booth. You're going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> I shut up. And then number two was grow boobs. In, so in, like in either order. Yeah. Either order. Just, you want those as things. if I could make my boobs yeah. like, grow yeah. on the spot so neither one happened no though. you didn't get that no See, neither one yeah we had i mean it's i had a buddy joel who you know as guys you just sometimes you see each other's dicks mm-hmm. you just do yeah same thing with the, uh, my oh, cousin same with girls i got a yeah. cousin with a with it who had i mean i don't know what i don't know what it looks like as an adult but like when i was a teen and he was a year and a half older than me mm-hmm. he had a very large dick mm-hmm. the type that you just see when you're in the hot tub and he's got his you know, he's got his bang sound. You go, holy shit, that's a dick. Yeah. I don't have that. Whatever that is. We have the same genetics, but I didn't get that. Right. And I, but, but sometimes when you look at, so and then I had him and my buddy Joel who had a, so I thought everyone had these gigantic dicks. This is after puberty or your This is like, before? this is before my growth spurt. Mm. But the dick doesn't, it's all, like I said, it doesn't all line up. It's yeah. just a weird, so, so I come to find out like, in all throughout high school, I thought I might have a small. I was like, I might have a small dick. I don't. And then I found out, I was like, you know, it's, just, it's all, it's all like that's the thing. It's all perspective, and it's like who. It's so. It's but it's but it's like my only two, my only two guys that I had seen their dick were, mm. were had massive dicks. Yeah. And then there was a kid on the football team named Eric. He was this Greek kid, Eric Sardina, and we we would go away to camp in high school for football we'd go away for a week to to a, a Roger Williams College mm-hmm. a Roger Williams University and we would get our whole dorm like row because there'd be like 30 or 40 of us we'd all get you know it was like it was like a few weeks before college kids arrived it was mm-hmm. in august so we would just get to stay in the dorm and and have triple session football practices and i remember he wa- i remember him walking down the hall naked holding his junk and then everyone starts yelling at him, like, Eric, what are you doing? And he lifts his hands up and goes, what? And he had the biggest dick I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like 16, and I'm like, oh, god damn it. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and that's a hard thing for guys. Maybe it's easier now with, with um, the internet that you can see yeah. people of all shapes and sizes. But, yeah. that's, but I couldn't imagine if you're only, as a guy growing up, if you're only sort of thing that you see is like gigantic. Mm. Now it's like you go to the... You go, I go to, you know, you go to the crunch gym and you see, you know, dicks yeah. it's like, who the fuck cares? But well, same with girls though. Like we had no idea, like really what a vagina is supposed to look like at all because like Still don't. I see yeah, because yeah. <laughs> everyone's is so different. And so like I saw my mom's, it looked way different than what mine looked like as a kid. And then when you grow up, it looks different. So then you're like, is mine look fucking weird? Like, cause everyone's are different. Like the Which is funny because guys would never care. 
I know, but you think that they do. Yeah. And, like, you think it has to be, like, perfectly trimmed and, like, but completely shaved. But women care shaved. about a guy's penis. If he's not circumcised in our society, at least the society I'm in, I hear women go, like, No, you know what? I like them uncircumcised. But that's a, you're probably in the minority there. I think so, yeah. And but they probably should be uncircumcised. They should because it. it's more natural and... um supposedly it feels better for the guy like it's because it's more sensitive yeah, no and the top of the head i mean my boyfriend will be annoyed with me saying this because i would always <laughs> say because i'd always say to him like if i were to have because my mom if she were to have boys she would have wanted yeah to not uncircumcise them my boyfriend's jewish though so of course like he would want them to be and he'd want them to like match his but I think it's just more natural to so wait, not I, get them. I, I'm always confused. I'm sounding like an idiot. The, the Jewish culture wants them circumcised. Yes, but doesn't everyone get them circumcised? I know it's going, just it's, in America. Just in America. Yeah, right. yeah. I've so my cousin, the one I mentioned who had the big dick, mm-hmm. he was insecure apparently because he couldn't get circumcised when he was when he was born. He had complications or whatever, so they were like they they just didn't snip it right away. Mm-hmm. And you know whatever happened, he just never got it done. He ended up getting circumcised at 18, and he had to not be able <gasps> oh, to touch his dick. But why? Why? Probably because he just felt just insecure. Because, yeah, he grew up outside of Boston, where like everyone's like, "Hey, you look at this fag over here!" Like yeah. just a war Boston. I mean, you probably like Philly, all, any of these like yeah, old school places. You'd be like, "What is wrong?" Like we we would never. The fear I had growing up. Um, that I would have to take showers, mm-hmm. which is so funny now because I could give a shit about like nudity, right? Yeah. But but the fear I had growing up because you'd watch like shows like Growing Pains, and these shows had they they'd always like show the um, the high school locker room, and everyone would be hit the showers, guys, and yeah. I was like petrified. And then it turns wow. out we never showered, yeah, so it wasn't an issue. <laughs> totally, but we probably should have, right? Because. It just created this weird, like, shame around our, around, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I know with, un, like. Do you ever play any sports? Yes. Did, did you guys all, like, do community showers? Um, <laughs> it's so weird to ask. I remember in gym, we had, like, a big swimming pool at our school, so we would shower after that, but we would okay. just keep our bathing suits on. Yeah. Because in high school, like, you don't want to be seeing each other naked like that. Yeah. I, it comes with, like, maturity to be able to but just I be, think like. decades ago, they did. I think we've gone in a weird direction. It's yeah. like you know, you ever seen the, you know the show The Handmaid's Tale? Yes. I, say, I feel like that's where we're going. We've gone with sex mm-hmm. to the point where like we've changed the podcast from sex actually podcast to sap. Because, oh, because you can't say sex. You can't put it. I can't even put sex in the description of the YouTube video. Yeah, I was gonna ask why. Can't that penis. Was. I can't. I can't do things that you go. Whoa. Where are we? Yeah. There are people that don't have the outlets or the internet or like whatever to listen and hear about stuff that they're probably some psychos. There's right. psychos out there because they're just not exposed to it or, or some people don't have an open family. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got I got the I got the closest thing to a birds and bees talk. My mom like got, took a book out of the library that was mm-hmm. like a cartoon version of parents having sex. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh and, and, it, and, it, and then they didn't I don't think <laughs> I don't think the book showed insertion, but it was like you know it'd have like you'd have like Harry Harry Bushes mm-hmm. for the parts and you know Dick popping out and it would and it were chubby and it was like when 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 your mom loves your dad they want to be as close as possible to each other yeah and I was like I guess that's a nice I, I mean I literally remember and I was third grade and my sister you know like was a year older and I was like she was like thought it was funny and cool and I was like I was so freaked Mortified. out because I literally had not thought about how babies were made yeah and then and then and then i went to a 7-eleven you know 
my my town, you could just like walk around as a kid. It was you know, yeah. I feel bad if people didn't grow up that way, but oh yeah, we just walk say, around. Yeah. There was a tackle and bait shop, so like we had you know lived on an island. You could go buy some worms and go fishing or whatever. And I remember seeing flavored condoms, mm. and I was like, who the fuck? Is putting a dick in somebody's mouth. Oh yeah. And again, no. flavor condoms. I mean, who? I'm sure no one's ever used as. But I was like, I could not wrap my head around. That's how. Mm-mm. That's how far sexually I was from. What's Same. Out there. I knew like nothing. My parents really didn't. I mean, I wouldn't expect my dad to, but like my mom never talked to me about it ever. I remember the two times I went to her about. I was five. And I was like, I heard this thing happens, like you guys get naked, and then that's how we're born or something. She was like, well, yeah. And then, um, and but like, you know, didn't go into it. Obviously, I was five. But then I think when I was like, maybe in third grade or fourth, fifth, something like that, I then found out that they do it like more often than just twice. That, that or, your parents do it. Yeah, that it's like you oh, know. Really? Well, I found out from like other kids that like. People have sex, oh, so not, not, not just to procreate. Parents, yeah, yeah, but like not for just the for the fun aspect of it. For the fun of it. And so I remember being in a car ride with her, and I was like, So um, I heard this thing that you guys like do it a lot. And she's like, Well, yeah, it's like, you know, a connection or whatever. And I was like, Promise me you won't do it ever again. Please promise were me. You, were you just grossed out by it? I was it, so was grossed it? out by but it's it. Also, it's, 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 um, it's also a sort of a feeling of like, You've been deceived. Oh, like, totally. You, mom, you guys, come mm-hmm. on, what the fuck? So then it, we were, so we were in the car, and she was like, "Okay, like I think, I think she said no, I can't promise that or whatever." Because clearly, I, I yeah. And then I go inside the house, and I just see my dad, and I just go, and I just go, oh, and give him like the <laughs> dirtiest face, and then just stomp up the stairs. He's like, "What did I do?" It's always a guy's fault. It's, it's, yeah, we're just oh. we're, we're the worst. <laughs> Have you had a sex talk with your dad ever? No. He's never been like, you know, on your way to college, have that awkward talk, be like, no. No, he's only ever said stuff like, um, like guys only want one thing, kind yeah. of thing like that. Like just Instagram followers. Yeah. <laughs> In sex, but both, In either sex. one. You can, one leads to the other. Yeah. Instagram's, this was pre Instagram, yeah, though. Verified Instagram leads to sex. That's, oh, the, I know. that's the way kids got to do it these days, is just oh. get a following and then they can fuck. But I know, see, right? my, see, Tasha's, I wish he was here. Tasha's dad. He's, he's such a great, he's such a cool guy, but he's like only, I mean, he chooses his words wisely. Mm. And I'm the, I'm what Tasha would call a jabber jaw, yeah. which is I can't help but just talk through everything. Mm-hmm. People listening now, I'd probably just, they're oh, like, yeah, we know. <laughs> constantly guilty of just like railroading. And I mean, but it's like, I've, and I've never had a daughter, but I would love to not, not be creep, not like a Trump Ivanka thing. Mm. Although honestly, I think it probably. I think that's probably more normal. Even I, I know he sexualizes his daughter, or at least been accused of it. Yeah. But it's a little more normal, at least, to talk to to be like my my daughter's beautiful. But oh yeah, my, not, my, I mean, my dad does that. Yeah, and I'm not. Sure. And I'm not saying that Trump's like, like the poster child for how to raise your daughter. Oh. But yeah, she's she turned it all right. But um, I turned everything becomes political. Yeah. But but it's but yeah, like the idea of of wanting. I don't know. There's just like a like um like so. Tasha's parents I don't think they've ever talked to her about sex Mm-mm. and she's a gorgeous woman and I think she was hit on more last episode I talked about so I don't want to 
tell the whole story about how some like teenagers were hitting on her when we were on Lake Tahoe last week. Oh, basically like they tried their shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was I wasn't I was videotaping her jumping off a rock and and so I was far away and they couldn't see me and like they were like talking to her and encouraging her or whatever. Yeah. Completely harmless. She jumps off the rock and you know into the water and they're cheering for her and then we we dry off and we walk by them and the guy's like oh congrats good job and she goes thanks and he goes what color are your eyes <laughs> and i go they're green and i walked her away and i was like what the fuck but i was like oh you know what good for this 15 year old he probably had 20 minutes to think like i gotta make a move on that yeah i gotta make a move on that we had a connection blah 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 and in tasha's mind she's you know women i think don't even know that they're if 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 a woman's got like men see everything as a chance for either sex or a date or like right. like it's i i don't even want to say it's romantic it's like everything is assigned to men mm-hmm. and the danger with that is women don't even know sometimes that they're doing it and i'm not blaming them this isn't like a shaming women thing yeah but like so 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 tasha's mom was like i told her the story and she was like yeah every vacation we've been on tasha and her sister chelsea we've always got to like fight the my boys sister's off. name is chelsea shut up yeah tasha's sister i didn't mention this is uh, was a gymnast oh my god chelsea gymnast that's awesome wow. does she it, live in hawaii by chance no she's oh, in she kentucky mm-hmm. yeah nice. but um small world yeah <laughs> so but i love when like when high schoolers hit on me because i'm like yeah i still got it yeah like i feel so cool i don't, I don't get that too often <laughs> i do a job i do a side gig where i i like meet a lot of tourists and families yeah and every once in a while i'll get like the daughter like she'll you know what i mean you can tell when someone's like whatever that sounds yeah. creepy to say it's like as is like an adult but it's like yeah it's it's about feeling like cool like swapping a quick sexual energy yeah which is weird to say but that's the like the tenet behind the superior man the book mm-hmm. about you don't have you can like embrace it is not like like outwardly flirting but you can embrace someone's sexual vibe totally and not be a fucking creep oh, and, absolutely yeah and i but so anyway so with tasha like she probably i think she looked like a woman before she felt like one mm-hmm. and i think growing up it's led to a, to like a lot of mistrust with dudes just because she she'll have like adults hitting on her and she's like a child still right but they don't necessarily know they just see like a woman walking by they're not mm-hmm. like looking to see you know you know, she's got wrinkles on her face. They're just staring at her at, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Like, have, did you, did you have that where you, where you had to deal with men, like, it was like growing up too soon where you've mm. got to deal with men that are just, you don't even realize they're hitting on you. Yeah, I would say so. Cause I felt like I, I, um, was like a late bloomer. Um, I mean, not so much like looking wise, but like mentally with like anything sexual like i was What's like late bloomer like how, what, what would you say like age wise like i was like 14 when i had my first kiss and i like really like kind of forced that because i like, high school yeah okay. which was late for my area like there was people like doing yeah. way worse stuff at like 12 that's not like that's not late like everybody in the school knows you're a senior and you've never been kissed late i mean i was getting made fun of in eighth grade like by these two guys and one of them i had a huge crush on every single day because you hadn't kissed because i hadn't kissed anyone they were like oh are you still a prude are you still a prude every day so you were you were kind of shamed as being a prude yeah and were you were, <laughs> were you were you waiting or was it just like were you weird were, were guys intimidated i was just kind of more I mean, maybe they were intimidated, but I was like, for me, I was just kind of like more shy around guys. 
Yeah. So while my other like girlfriends were, you know, being more flirty and stuff, I was just like, kind of, I was just shy. Yeah. So I didn't really like explore that side. Did too you know much. when? It, could you remember any times when a guy was actually making a move and you didn't realize it or? Um, I remember this one, the guy that I really had a huge crush on, he like invited me over to his house and I was like so nervous. I was like texting my friends and I was like, can you find out from your boyfriend if he really wants me to go over? Like I thought he was fucking with me. Like, cause I thought he invited me over as a joke. But then I went over there and like, I know something was supposed to happen, but like he didn't put on a move and neither did I. Cause yeah. I was, and then were I you just watching like movies laughed. or what'd you do? We just sat there and talked <laughs> and then and like his parents Where were though? home. Were you like, like living room or living bedroom? room? Yeah. yeah. And he was like on the computer chair or whatever. And I was like, just sitting and I was like, okay, well I got to go to softball now. I don't know. It was so awkward. It's hard to say who makes the first move, but I think women make the move by like letting the guy know it's his turn to make the move. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think I've, I've always kind of like been a little bit more yeah. like that when I was that age, like standoffish. So I think I maybe wouldn't give them the opportunity. There's no, there's no like right that's a that's the hardest thing with judging people, and especially in today's world, because while like while I think all of society agrees that you know Harvey Weinstein's are fucking monsters, yeah. you get the Aziz and sorry, you get the you get the you get the area that's very much the gray area, mm-hmm. and you go, how did you not read uh, the the women's yeah uh, their, vibe. their vibe yeah, and that's what it is is their vibe, and while everything's supposed to be done with consent. We all know if you ask a woman if you can kiss her, that's just not the way to go. No, that's just not yeah, the way to go. No. Every woman I've ever talked to, and I've done it before, go, can I kiss you? No, <laughs> it's like you're, yeah. you don't ask them yes or no question. You ask them in a way that's like getting their approval through physical touch or proximity or the the little things that that cannot be mistaken. If exactly. you're like in a sober or semi-sober, it's so it's like so not romantic to just be like, okay, yeah. can we kiss now? I've had so I I've had I mean I lost my virginity I feel like pretty late. I was a sophomore in college, mm-hmm. and in that for me in a fraternity was so late that no one none of the guys even knew I was a virgin. Yeah, so. you didn't want to tell them. No. no, and I didn't. I had like kissed a bunch and, and fooled around, and I had messed up a few chances to have sex. Where, like, I didn't have a condom on me, or there was one girl who wanted to have sex my freshman year of college, and we were making out outside of a party, um, uh, like, against one of those hoses. You know those, like, hoses, you wrap the hose around the thing, the hose mount? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were making I was like, put her up on it, and then the hose thing snapped, and, like, water, and next thing you know, there's water everywhere. <laughs> oh, my and God. And she was, like, and she lived in my dorm. And again, I'm glad this wasn't the way I lost my virginity. You yeah. know what I mean? But this was, and she's like, do you have a condom? And I was like, no. And she's like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Because literally for years, I carried a condom on me. And for whatever reason that night, I didn't, you have, just one. didn't have it. And I had to go home with like wet pants from the hose that broke. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe Instead I'm of the other way you wanted it. Yeah. Wet. <laughs> I want wet, wet pants the traditional way. <laughs> but I remember in, in high school, I was a junior and there was this uh, girl, um, her name was Elaine and she was, uh, she was on the, she was a cheerleader and she was beautiful and she invited me over to her house and we were like snuggling and she did all the things necessary to get me to make the move. Yeah. Any idiot. I mean, if I would have loved, if I could have paused that moment and have every one of my buddies just punched me in the face, yeah. like, idiot, <laughs> just go all you got to do. And, and then you learn that moment and that's where you get that dopamine rush and that like first kiss rush where you just land a moment mm. where you go, I gotta go. I gotta do this. And so you just did do you it. or no? Oh, I didn't. Didn't. And then like some time went on, and then there were, we were at a, an event at the high school. It was at night, and it was like a band event. And she was like, "Come out to my car. I wanted to give you something." So I go out to her car. It's it's like raining. It's like lightning. And she she had like some stupid 
toy thing she wanted to give me. Or like it was just an excuse to go to her yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you didn't so take mad. it. <laughs> you didn't take excuse it. Excuse to go to her car. No, I was like, cool, awesome. And then I fucking you know, whatever. Eventually we made out and she came to my prom and whatever, but we never um we never did the deed. Mm. She she was the first person to like give me like a like a bottle of uh like a plastic, you know, like in high school, you have like it'd be like a plastic water bottle of whatever shit liquor she had, and she was like, "You drink oh, this," yeah, which would have been so creepy if it was me giving that to a girl, being like, "Drink this." Yeah. But she was like, and it was peppermint. Well, not shots. at that age, like no, we were all like, doing that. Yeah, and and I got and we got drunk to like to that perfect level of drunk, and we like fooled around. But yeah, uh, so it took. So I think as a guy, w- when you stall on that on all those missed opportunities, the women. She has to like respect you less. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it would be a little bit of a turn off because it's kind of like, well, what am I doing wrong? Like, why isn't he taking this opportunity? Yeah. Well, she ended but. up she ended up hooking up with another guy in the baseball team. So clearly, she found a guy that was ready to pull the trigger. Yeah, and I just was like, but what you learn, and every guy, every guy who's listening has that story. Yeah, and what you learn is the next time you go, all okay, right. That when that happens, I'm gonna react. Just go for it. Yeah. And then something different happens, and you miss the next sign. But at least it's more. But then you know, like I had a girl even recent recently into my single life. Like you know, I've been I've been locked down for five years. But one of the last girls I hooked up with, and when I lived in New York, who was like not gonna kiss me on the street, and I was like, oh, this isn't gonna go well. Like she like I thought the I thought we were at the place where we we're gonna have like the kiss on the street. Yeah. She didn't know anybody. Like it was New York. Everyone. PDA is in New York. Oh, she's just weird about PDA or what? I don't know. And then we got to my roof and she was still like weird. And then we got to my room and we had cray sex. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what the fuck sign was that? So like, it's never, it's never the same with everybody, Mm. but there is a law of averages where you go, okay, you, you know, if someone's into you through a certain set of, um, signs of consent, that's what they should call it. Signs of consent. Yeah. But that's where the gray is because, you know, you want, like, a written affidavit, like, that someone's going to have sex with you. But there's signs of consent that, like, if you follow, you won't have any issues with life. You just won't. Right. And, and it's, like, very un, unself-aware. Is that a word? Like, just when guys sure. are not self-aware at all of what's happening. And then they're just, like, going for the prize and they're not... Like they just have on like blinders yeah. and they're not looking to see like what, what the girl is, what her vibe is. I don't and a lot def- of times it's scary, like saying no, or, and my girlfriends, I've talked about this. I, I wouldn't do this now, but like, you know, early twenties, late teens, like it was almost just more, um, like, uh, I feel bad saying no. So let's, I would just do it. Just so it would be like, it's probably easier just to do it instead of say no. Yeah. Like we wouldn't necessarily want to do it, but you it's mean like. sex or just. Yeah, yeah. sex. And we're like, so you're just bad. not feeling it, but you don't. But yeah. you, you're, you're um, uh, I guess the term is um, you're, you're, you're wanting to be agreeable. Yes, exactly. And, and also it's like, oh, well, I like, I, I did come back to his place. So I kind of feel bad saying no as I let him on. So I might as well just do it and then. Forget about yeah. it. But that makes is, total sense, and it's 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 horrible to feel that way. I know. Like if I had a daughter and I and I knew she had sex with a guy or or did something that she wasn't one hundred percent on board with, but it's like it's still you're still giving you're still giving consent, but you, it's it's within yourself that the it's that's the issue. And I'm not blaming you. Yeah, that seems to be very very common with mm-hmm. people. Well, it's just like lack of confidence too, and like you know self 
assurance of knowing yeah. like who you are and stuff. Because now I would be like, nope, I'm out of here. Bye. What what advice would you give like a younger younger listener if 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 as far as like uh, knowing what you want and not feeling guilt or just trust your gut and don't like let anyone pressure you and just kind of like if you if your gut is saying no your mind is saying no your heart's saying no just get out of there because yeah. you can say no I've had and you can um, just get up and leave yeah and, and and I've had I've had instances. But as a guy, it's different, and I understand that. Where I've had interests where, like, I'm hooking up with someone that I'm like, this is so below me right now to be mm-hmm. doing this. My cousin, one, one of my cousins was so bad with that, where he would drink until he found a girl who would fuck him. Mm, yeah. Until, and he wasn't a bad-looking guy. He, he really wasn't, but yeah. he, would, he would settle for something that – and it sounds, sounds so weird to say that, but, like, we're obviously, like, all – Basically, you, you, the law of attraction. You're you're meant to be with someone who's of equal sort of. Um, I, I say I say I say power, and mm. I've had debated people of this term, but I don't mean power like wealth necessarily. But no, charm, yeah. power is charm, wealth, stats. It's hierarchy. It's where you're at in life. Yeah. So there's only there's, there there isn't a big um, sort of um, variance to the type of guy or girl you can attract because you're, you're you have to be in the same league. You have to be in the same division. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I you might still be so. better than them. Like I always make fun of, like Natasha is like she's a statistically just a much better looking person. But like I'm a dude, I'm scrappy, I'm I'm gonna charm her, I'm gonna you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. use what I can, and that's what guys have to do is use what you got. And um, that's why that's it's it's that mentality as men that 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 creates like for men that's why that's why they get into music or art or accounting. It's whatever it's whatever thing you have if you're good with numbers you go into finance you start making a shit ton of money and then right. that's your tool and then it's toxic mm-hmm. it's to- it's always toxic because you might know this like with comedy it's like all right well some dude runs a comedy show so it's like when you, you want to be in my show you want to be my writing partner and next thing you know like some dude's making a pass on you and you're oh, like, what's totally. going on yeah like, do you struggle i mean now that you're in a relationship you might not see this but did you struggle with when you were single having to deal with guys uh, wanting to exchange stage time for things and it's just that gray area yeah and you can't tell if that's what they're like going for sort of thing it's like and my boyfriend a lot of times will be like oh well like what does he want and i'm like well maybe he just wants to help me and he's like no like there's always something i'm yeah. like yeah well maybe he just wants to help me like it's what the very fuck rare um, I so like if you told your boyfriend you were gonna do a guy's podcast mm. at his place, he would probably be like, "Okay, that's weird, but f- sure." But if you told him mm. that I had a long term girlfriend, then he'd probably be like, "Okay," or you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when Tasha, yeah. if I find out she's shooting with a gay photographer, it's a little bit. I'm just like, okay, exactly. because I know straight photographer dudes. Mm-hmm. I know DJs. I know what their game is. Yeah, I know. And a lot of times, like when he does get like, I can see like a tinge of jealousy or something. I'm like, don't worry, he's gay. Or yeah, like he's got yeah. a he's got a girlfriend. Like, or, yeah, I can say, and also like I trust those people way more too. Like I would way rather be like collaborating with someone that's gay or like is in a long term relationship or that I've been friends with yeah. for a while. And I know they're not versus like, a random dude who you go who you have to wonder, am I going to have to be agreeable if you if this turns in. You know, mm-hmm. it's especially with sketches or things where you're kind of playing characters, and it's always like a date. Scene oh yeah, it's just like, yeah. what are we doing? And um, I and I'm guilty, and I've been, I've definitely like hooked up with girls that I shot sketches with before. Yeah, and it's like, well, I cast a girl that I find attractive, but I don't 
but I don't think it was never like do this and then we'll date. It was always kind of like, well, we know each other, we do this, and then like you know things happen. Yeah. So it's but that's also like it's different when then it's two single parties or when it's you know I would never. I've also I've also shot sketches and cast people that I never hooked up with. Mm-hmm. So it's just like I think it was just like a, a, through, through proximity you're going to kind of shit where you eat sometimes. Oh, yeah, totally. Just the most charming way to describe yeah. it. What did your boyfriend do? Real estate development. That's see, that's amazing that he's not. It is nice, yeah, cool. yeah. Because I've dated, um, like before him, I dated someone that was um, a model, and it was just like sort of. He was just all over the place. Was he like gorgeous? we could never. Yes, but my boyfriend's gorgeous. Too. He's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. that's the key. Um, you mean good-looking and not work in this industry? That yeah. Well, thing. everyone always thinks my boyfriend's a mo- like he could be a model for sure. He like he. Um, yeah, they just like always ask him like, "Oh, are you an actor? Are you a model?" He's like, "No." Yeah. And his mom's a model, and she's actually just getting really? back into it. Yeah, she was like very successful, and she just shot. She's doing it now as like an older. Yeah. Um, and she just booked like a Ralph Lauren thing. Wow. So, and then she's a photographer too. So she would always take pictures of him when he was younger, and like oh, nice. she was always trying to like, "Oh, you could be in it," but it was just like never his uh, thing. Modeling has to. You have to have a different skill set. When it comes to modeling, Tasha yeah. does modeling. I would say her other skill set is like, well, this, but other, you know what I mean? Like there's other aspects to the industry that you can't just, because you're, you're giving control over to other people and casting. Yeah. And it's the same thing with comedy and with acting. You have mm-hmm. to be producing your own stuff. You have to be like, sort of take the reins to your own career and not just be like sitting in line waiting to audition. You'll, you'll be, you, you will be kicked out of this industry yeah. so fast. Oh, totally. You'll be so fucking done with it. I know. That's why I was just like, I need to be like doing some other stuff. Well, let's talk about this. So you're a, you're a woman who comes, you're, you come to LA, mm-hmm. um, you start doing comedy, you start, um, you've been in a couple, I've seen you at IMDb, but you've been in a couple of good projects. Oh, you were, you were yes, stalking I me. totally stalked you. <laughs> I mainly stalked you because I, I didn't know if Shannon D was the name you went by. Yeah. That's my stage name, like through SAG, yeah. it's Shannon D. Yeah. So I was like, I, I just didn't want to call you the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but then I said, you. yeah, you've been in some great, some, some cool stuff. And like, so what, so at what point did you want to start creating? Talk to me about your project you, you started creating. Working on now. Um, well, I knew I always wanted to make a web series. Like I've done like some little smaller web series and sketches and stuff like that. And, but I always was like, okay, I need to like put some real money into and like get a real crew and direct and produce it. And I've been wanting to do it for a while, but I just wanted to get like the right idea and something I was really passionate about. And so I think it was like three years ago, I came up with the idea, um, I went up to Big Star and I was for my best friend's birthday and we like took a little shrooms, we were smoking and this idea just came to me and it's about aliens. I won't get into it. You'll have to wait and see. (laughs) But it's like sci-fi comedy kind of thing. So the shrooms, you just, you were like, oh dude, I need aliens. Yeah. Yeah. I like. Aliens and comedy is a good match. Oh, totally. Good match there. I think it's a big third rock from the sun fan. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like that, but it's, you know, yeah, no, I've seen some of the, um, some of the costumes and you've got some like great, um, I don't know what you call it. Makeup or prosthetics. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah. They look amazing. My aliens you got. Yeah. My makeup artists were incredible. They're so good. And yeah, I just, I, I held auditions, but I basically just ended up casting like all of my friends that are actors and stuff. You got to trust somebody. Yeah. You got to be able to guilt somebody if they, if they think they're going to bail 
You know what I mean? You have to like know, know. them and be like, are you going to show up? Are you going to be there? Yeah. Okay. I, I need to be so... able to talk to you as a friend and not, and especially when like you're doing projects for like credit or you're not paying somebody. It's like, exactly. you gotta, you gotta get rid of the flake factor and, and hire your friends. And I, that's what I honestly, I was so worried about. And I was so lucky, like knock on wood that nobody flaked, but it is funny because obviously when you're, when you're watching the footage back, a lot of times I'm in the shots cause I was acting in and directing, but cause some of them that I was there were like my best friends. And you can just tell, like, the way I talk to them versus, like, the actors that yeah. I don't know as much. I'd be like, get over here. Like, get out, like, you know, like, yeah. just, like, yelling at them. Hit like, your oh. mark. Let's go. <laughs> like, just say your line. Yeah. Like, so and you like got to see that in between the takes or you're still rolling, yeah. but you're not in character. I had that where I'm a like, buddy. oh, my God. I had this scene with a buddy. And he's and he went to, he went to, he spent $150,000 in film school. I have a business degree. And he kept on walking into my light. And like he would, the light was supposed to be on him, but he would like walk into my shadow. Yeah. And, I, and, and like every take, he would just drift because it was easier on his eyes to not have light in his face. Oh, like, yeah. And I had to like, ruining his shot. <laughs> like the best take is me being like, Brian, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, and just going off on him. And all the other actors were like, what's going on? Like, and I'm like, no, we're cool, right? Yeah. There's something amazing that about being able to work with friends where you can talk to them. And oh, yeah. Them. It was great. Yeah. And then the other ones where I was like, kind of like, close friends with them but not that you know i was much more polite and you know but yeah like my two best friends i was like oh. Get a, shoving yeah, them and shit. Yeah. Yeah. you'll eat when you eat yeah. <laughs> you're not, like worried about those things yeah right, so, so you're so if you're, you're sounding codependent like you worry about other people's because well, I'll, I'll, I'll lead with saying i'm super codependent mm-hmm. i want everyone to break for lunch and be happy and this and like being agreeable and wanting the other person to get laid even if you don't really feel like it oh so, like, yeah, that's, yeah i mean yeah. In, in the industry especially in comedy mm-hmm. it's like you want to make audiences laugh you want to like give to them you're like the giving totally. tree in a way. yeah and it's and it's not something i say with pride because it can you know it's it's a tough feeling sometimes to to want to make others happy and not take care of yourself is and i'm not i'm not I'm trying to project no, it's this so, on you, it's but true. is it's that so something true. that you've had with your either your project or your relationship where you're just like mm-hmm. trying to help make others and you have to remember to not just be agreeable but to take care of yourself? Yeah. Well I've definitely like I've always like I hate inconveniencing people. Like I'll inconvenience myself to like the ends of the earth, like before I make somebody do something that isn't even yeah. that bad, you know? Yeah. I don't know what it Asking is. Asking for favors and like midway through the ask, you're like, you know what? Forget it. No. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'll be like, if not, no worries. Totally I'm so sorry. Fine. What can I do for you? Please don't, <laughs> don't remember. I'm a piece of shit. Every time I have to ask for help, I'm like, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a flaming piece of shit, but could you pick me up from the airport? I know I'll paint your I house. Know. What do you need? <laughs> but honestly, I feel like that's come more with being out here because I think people out here, like, uh, for example, like back at home, like my friends there, we just help each other out. Like we're like family kind of thing. But yeah, like if you ask someone to pick you up from the airport here, like this is what I discovered. Like the first year I was here is like, yeah, like, Oh, well you better throw me some money or like, and stuff like that. Or like, I was like, I asked for a ride somewhere one time, like during lunch and the person was like, no, I just don't want to like just things like that. No, I still don't so I do feel that like, in my relationship. I still don't like to ask for help. Yeah, me neither. I self-produce, self-do everything. Yeah. And Tasha, and, and, and bless her soul for being able to do this, can be like, babe, I need you to wake up with me early and help me shoot this thing. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. And I go along with it because I want to help her. Yeah. But then I'm also like, fuck, I would have never asked her for that kind of help. Ever. It's well, a last case scenario is I want to have to ask for help. <laughs> well, that's what I, I recently got into this with my boyfriend was that... I think because I don't ask for help, it is my own thing. 
is when I don't ask for help because then when he when he does ask me for help, I get like kind of bitter because I'm like, well, you like in my head, I'm thinking, well, you wouldn't do this for me. Yeah. But it's not even true because I just don't ask for the help. For sure. So then, and, he, and who's a mind reader? Right. And so it's his own, like it's my own issue. And then I get bitter at him. I'm like, yes, is there anything else you need? And he's like, like yeah. I didn't, I barely even asked you for anything, for but sure. because I'm, I just assume well, like, he wouldn't do it for me. Generosity and helping others can build contempt. And this is big with the, like the Catholic community that I come from. Mm-hmm. When you help somebody, even when with good intention, you sort of put that in your savings bank. All right. Well, I helped Joel move. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then if you need help and Joel's not available that day, you go, what the fuck, Joel? I got all these things that I've done for you. And then it's like this Start listing them. Yeah. And in relationships, it's basically just an unwritten battle of who's done what for who the most. We struggle with that. I, like I said, again, because I don't ask for much. I yeah. know. And then and, and Tasha does. She And then she's you know got her own things going on where now she you know found out she has Lyme disease. So she needs help getting mm-hmm. her pills out. She got to take all these pills. There's pills everywhere. And there are, I had to move a stack of pills over there just to make room for this. She has to do all these things. And I got to help her with these like little droplets and this and that and all these things she has to take. And I'm happy to help her. But then I'll go do my own thing by myself and sort of feel alone. Yeah. But I think I'm supposed to do my stuff alone. But you, like, like you this, have to start asking for help. And I think I do too. And like finding the right places to ask. Like I'm a lone gunman who's in a relationship. I am. And I've always, I know, I, I've always thought myself as, as part of a team. But every team environment, I've still been alone. Whether it's baseball, you're on a team, but you're on the mound by yourself. Right, Stand right. up, you're on a team in the green room, but you're on stage alone. I've always found this like, no, this is my like. And it sounds, I don't mean to say this like, but the, it's like the hero's journey is mm-hmm. what it is where you're like, no, I got to go to the desert by myself and, 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 and risk death to come out victorious or whatever. Right. And it's the stupidest thing in the world, but that's just like, I haven't, I haven't, um, graduated from that. And it's by an insecurity no, I feel that way or too. whatever, but with, within this industry, it's like no one, you know, like I said, like winning the lottery does not solve my problems. Right. Um, Selling tickets to a stand-up show because I have my own draw does, mm-hmm. but opening for a comedian and getting a fat paycheck because of his following doesn't solve my. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like my brain can differentiate between what I've earned, but I still want to accept things from others. You know, people want to advertise on the podcast or if, if whatever, but I also want to like build my own house mm-hmm. through my own work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, because everyone's doing their own thing out here, it's almost easier just to, like, you know, be doing stand-up or be doing, like, character monologues or be making your own thing um, without... Like, if it were up to me, I would be doing everything. Sure. And, like, just doing it on my own because I don't want to inconvenience people. Yeah. And I feel like other people don't want to, like... Or you know what I do is I'll I'll pay... and 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 I'm glad to do this. I'd rather work an extra shift... And pay a buddy to do some Photoshop for me or mm-hmm. some whatever, and and be like, look, I don't feel bad because I'm paying you, and I know this is money that is at your rate or whatever. Like I love when I so like I would love to have that kind of money where or you know where I can pay my friends to work with me. Totally. That would completely change things. Yeah. I wouldn't be that then then it's not a favor issue. Mm-hmm. But like with your relationship, do you like where are you guys at? How long have you guys been dating? Three and a half years. Oh, that long? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Have you lived together? Yes. We just... So we lived together in 2016 and then um, like April of 2017 and we broke up for like two months. So then I moved up to Hollywood and then he's in Venice. 
And then just last month we moved back in together. Why did you break up? What was um, it? I don't know. It was just a mess. Like we both had our own reasons. It was kind of mutual. Like, I think we just were like, There's a lot of fighting going on. A lot of fighting, but also not a lot of communication either. Like we just weren't on the how, same page. Like, how do you guys fight? All. Do you guys, is it like a talk it out or a blow up? Fuck you. And then two days later you cool down. Like what, um, what's the pattern? Like, it's almost like we bottle things up. I think like things are just, you know, something's bothering us. Something's bothering us. And it just keeps happening, happening, happening. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, yeah. blow up fight. And that was enough to end it the first time. <sighs> um, well, no, it was just over a, a longer were you, period. Were you heartbroken? Like what? Oh yeah, I it was so bad. Fathom. It was awful. It was the worst. I like lost a bunch of weight and was just like. That's the only good part about it. Oh my god, I loved it. I was, like, <laughs> I was like looking so fly, but he didn't like it though. He thought I was too skinny. Yeah, but I thought it looked great. It, so, so what part? And then you broke up for you said a couple months. Two months, yeah. And, then, and I went back to New Jersey for one of the months because I had my best friend's wedding, her bachelorette party, and then my grandfather's 90th. So I was already going back for two weeks anyway. So instead of paying some random rent, like I was like staying at some like some girl's couch, like instead of doing that, I was like, I'll just go home to Jersey for that little amount of time. And I road tripped with my dad from Arizona. They live there to New Jersey. and That's a good road trip. I didn't was, like it? I mean, it was good, but I was just very heartbroken, and my dad wasn't, like, handling it very well. Wait, if you're heartbroken, can you... Like, do you get so heartbroken... Do you, like, do you get heartbroken to the back where you just want to talk to anybody who wants to listen about it, or do you, like, bottle it up? Um, kind of kind of half and half. Like, I remember I worked at a cafe at that time, and I remember sometimes just talking to, like, my customers about it, just, like, <laughs> randomly, you know? Because um, I've, I've... But, yeah, I get, like, I get really bad anxiety, and, yeah. like, it would just be, like, freaking just can't stop out. thinking about it. Yeah, like, having, like, panic attacks Oh, yeah, you can't stuff. sleep, you can't... I mean, it, it makes sense how, how quickly you can lose weight when you're crushed like that, because... It's just, yeah, there's no appetite. You can't sleep. There's, mm. It's the worst thing for your body. I don't know, I don't know physiologically what, what that is. I know. Because I, I still felt like I was eating, but it was almost like my body was just so, like, on edge and hyper something. I don't know how to yeah. explain it, but my, it was like my metabolism was just like... It's like your body knows something's not right. Yeah. And you're not going to... You can bottle that up or whatever, but you're not... That, that doesn't burn off, Mm-mm. I feel like, until you've done the work. Until you've like either talked it out or come to terms with what's going on, I I've never I've gotten more, more close with my mom and my sister through breakups, mm-hmm. just because I'm so desperate. I broke up with a girl and was heartbroken when I lived out here, and I and I like was so desperate. I just needed to talk to my family, yeah. And and I would have never like growing up talked to my parents or my mom or anybody. Even my stepdad was giving me advice, mm-hmm. and I would have never sought advice about anything in my life. And now here mm-hmm. I am alone. On the highway, talking to anybody who will listen. Right. To the point with really close friends, I had to be like, Dave, I can't anymore. I know. And like, they bailed on me. But yeah. I get it. Well, it was tough, too, because I, I went back, and I was really happy to be with friends and family, but I went back for my best friend's bachelorette and then her wedding. Oof. <laughs> and he was supposed to come to the wedding. Uh, so I was just like, 
and then at my grandfather's 90th too, like it was just emotional. So I was just like crying like the whole time. People were like, Oh my God, you're like out of your mind. But like during the weddings, I was in the wedding party obviously. And I was just like, and I mean, it wasn't crazy that I'd be crying there because I was like also very right. happy for yeah. her. Like I really was crying, but I also was thinking like, I wish that was me and him and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's hard not to bring up emotions when you're watching someone else's pinnacle. Of their yeah. As I'm like, you know, I think I handled myself. Okay. But I mean, do you question, do you, do you look back? Do you, was it, was it productive time or was it a waste of a breakup? Because you guys, did you figure stuff out? Like, I think so. Yeah. Did it make, did it force you to draw a line in the sand and go, we need to work on this. So we don't mm, do that again. Totally. And it also made me, I think I was taking him for granted a lot and maybe wasn't like treating him that nicely. Not like, I wasn't being mean, but I was sort of being like, yeah, just like kind of taking him for granted and not like putting in any effort. Mm-hmm. And were you too busy with just your own projects? I think so. Here's yeah. Here's what I think is very difficult. And again, it was so hard balancing. I don't know much about your, your, your life. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes best advice comes from people that you don't know much about yeah. your life and I don't have any, uh, investment into it. Yeah. But, um, I get sort of laser focused on stand up on booking gigs on how many mics did I hit up this week? What shows am I doing? What laugh did I get? Mm-hmm. And Tasha doesn't have that sort of focus because she, her gigs come to her and she goes and she shows up and she gets her paycheck. Yeah. She doesn't have that sort of like salesman side of it where it's like, no, 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 I'm only as good as what I've got working on right now. Like mm-hmm. I've got to keep this fire going. And if I don't keep this fire going and if I don't look at this fire, it's just immediately going to go out because it atrophies fast. Like the brain stand up creativity. It atrophies so fast if you don't kind of feed it. Yeah. And she's kind of looking at her life like, well, what do you care about me the way you care about this other trivial shit? Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, she doesn't say that. So by the time she kind of addresses her problem, it's like, Babe, I'm just and then I get I'm just trying to get better so I can afford to be the guy. Right. But it's not about the future, it's about the present, right? And mm. that's where it becomes hard because it's like, well, how do you balance everything you need to do to be better to, you know, in this super competitive industry, but also kind of like water the plants of your relationship. Exactly. And that was I think like one of the biggest things, especially cuz I had moved to Venice and I was just like feeling kind of low and like I wasn't as involved and I always feel better when I have like for example the project I'm working on now where I have like something where I you know I'm working on every day and there's an end goal to it and Mm -hmm. I have like a purpose right and I don't feel like I'm just like waiting around for the audition or there's a a structure to it there's a a batch structure to getting this project totally and that's why I like I feel like I'm on a good path and then once this is done I want to start a new one whether it's like a one-woman show or you know any any kind of thing that'll you know, help me towards my goals. But I think your one woman show should be that porch. Like you just build yes. a porch on stage <laughs> and you get the little chalkboard and you go, Shannon's stage time. Yeah, that's a good idea. And then, your whole, and then you, cause you have an interesting life. Like it's interesting to like, to, to, to talk about the people that have like shaped you to who you are, but it's mm-hmm. also like your hero's journey is make right now. I mean, it's making this project and keeping your relationship keeping the attention that that deserves yeah. and it's good i think it's good a lot of people say like oh you should never you should never have a serious relationship if you're pursuing this because you know whatever and it's like that might be somebody's way to success right but i also think if you can if you can have gratitude to those around you that love you mm-hmm. and feed that it the successes and the finish line will have will have your best friend there with you totally and that's something that should be valued more i think than i think a lot of people in our kind of world 
you know what I mean? It's like, well, what good is getting to the top if you have no one to share it with? Right. And a lot of times I think like, oh, I wish like maybe I just met him after I was already successful. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, don't I want him on the journey with me? And yeah. like, well, maybe I'd be a completely different person once that happens or, you know. I have the same thoughts where I go, geez, if I just met Tasha literally 10 years later, yeah, then I could have a decade's worth of experience and blah, blah, blah. Right. But then it's like, well, she wouldn't have seen the fucking dive gigs. Like, I expect to be an old person talking to, you know, talking about her, the guy who tried to throw a chair at me and, and mm. all the stupid things that like, if you just made, if you just got successful, then someone doesn't get like the fact that he's, he's there for you now right. is like something that's, it's, it's, it should be valued that, yeah. that you're able to, but it's like also the struggles yeah, and all of that because there's struggles, but it's all like, it's, there's an equality to all those struggles come with the joy of fighting through. And they say like the, the way to battle depression and feel meaning in this world is to have something really hard that you're doing. Totally. That's why I like people with sales jobs and I'm not wrecking them because sales is competitive, but like, if you have a nine to five, you go run a five K and yeah, I got to do something that like, can, that keeps that drive going mm-hmm. and like with I think even though, you know, with comedy, there's a lot of depression and this and that, there's a lot of people that I think are really fulfilled with what they're doing. Yes. And if you can, if you can tap, like I've, I've tapped into the fulfillment more now than the, I wish I was here. I wish I was there. I still talk about it regularly about like when I see someone who's done comedy for the same amount of me and they got a pilot and they got this and they got that. And I go, Mm -hmm. I still like talk about it and you shouldn't, but. I try to like I try to address that feeling that I have and then put it away and go shit I got so much I'm grateful for so many irons in the fire in so many directions exactly that I'm happy about and and it, that also when it's a peer it also just makes you look at them and be like okay well I can do that too like yeah. I almost prefer when my friends are you know getting more successful because then it's not that un- oh, yeah. unobtainable. Oh, yeah. You know, so you're like, well, and then shit, if they make this good connection, then they're looking for someone that's like me, then they could, they can always help you out as well. Rising tides raise all ships or whatever it totally. goes. Totally. I'm, I'm the master at butchering. butchering. <laughs> oh, we just hit an hour, so we'll wrap it up shortly. But yeah, I was thinking this too. And I was like, we're, I'm approaching my 300th episode. And of all the friends and people that I've met along the way that have been a part of this, it is cool to think that someday we'll look back at like that dog fight kind of moment because it does get a little lonelier the the the, the more you, you know people drop out of the industry or or you rise above them or whatever and it's like yeah what? i've noticed that even just in the amount of time i've been here like so many friends have left or made different groups and stuff like i yeah. feel like a lot of my friendships have like i've almost been feeling more lonely lately because everyone's just doing their own thing yeah. and but not- you got that motherly vibe where by creating this project, you'll probably be the one who knows who knows you can create, mm-hmm. and that'll be something that, like in the future, you'll know as a, a possibility if the next project's not getting made the way you want it to, or whatever. Like having that ability to to bring, like like with acting, that I think the worst part about that that side of the industry is the fact that um, you 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 train yourself to just be like set up a million limitations and be at the beckon of whatever casting director and people pay money just to meet casting directors casting directors are just fucking people you know yeah like they don't know what they want and 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 whatever but but the, the fact that you can like have your own vision and like mm-hmm. bring people along it's a big it's a big and especially in like today's world that you can be like just a, a lady moves to hollywood and you're just like i you, and i'm sure you probably had to learn on your way how to make fucking shit happen or edit or all these things yeah it's totally like, it's a it's but yeah so with relationships it's about managing the two of them. So like what, like what do you think you've learned 
to sort of prevent the that two month breakup and just communicate. You know what I mean? Happening again. Um, I think putting a little bit more like time into it and making them feel loved. Have you read the the five love languages? Yes. And yeah. I so have you been able to like clearly kind of like say which out? one we are? Yeah. Um, I think so. Cause it's interesting too, because the way you like give it, you have to like kind of change the way you give oh, love yeah, sure. you because of what, what theirs is. Like, I think his is probably like quality time interesting, and physical. Yeah. And then I think mine is like, um, words of affirmation. Like, I think of I like course. to hear so you're the same person. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're busy kind of pursuing your own goals, you don't necessarily value quality time. Exactly. Not exactly. always. And, but you do value people telling you you're doing the right job. Mm-hmm. I just want to be like a, I just want to be a dog that someone pats and rubs my belly. Yeah. I don't need you to spend an, a day with me. Yeah. I've gotten more quality time as we've like, you know, continue our relationship because I've, probably become more codependent with him. Yeah. Cause I went before him, like I hadn't really ever had a really serious relationship, like a few back in the day, but nothing like living together or somebody that yeah. I like called my boyfriend. This is and, your first like full boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so in high school I had one, he was my boyfriend, but he was like, like I, we lost our virginities to each other and like probably my first love, like it was like young love, sure. but, and then, um, someone in college too, but it was like long distance and, um, wasn't, we never were official, but we were like kind of together for two years. You're, you're smack dab in that generation though, that, that doesn't do official. Yeah. Until you're official. Yeah. So it's no surprise that like, until you're in a serious relationship, I didn't have a, I didn't have a girlfriend. I mean, like I didn't have a type of uh, I was I was hooking up with different people, but I wouldn't hold their hands. They wouldn't mm. hold my hands. It wasn't like I, it wasn't just me that was fucked up. I think it was New York, and not that it's fucked up, but I, living in New York, I think it went both ways. I don't think these 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 uh, women that I was hooking up with wanted anything from me. They didn't. I was just the guy that they were like catching dick from. At yeah, the time. my friend that lived in New York, she had a similar situation. It was almost kind of like I mean. Nobody can judge a relationship unless you're in it. But just to me, it seemed like it was just like a booty call for like two years. Yeah. yeah and they, and weird. maybe all they valued, you know, they both valued like physical touch and, and they didn't need quality time. They didn't need whatever. Yeah. I've had to learn that, that yeah, by Tasha needing all this quality time, it's not a bad thing that it, I don't need that, but I, I need to learn. So we just did eight days in like Tahoe. And mm-hmm. I was like, I could go crazy. And put up a fit that I'm not working. And when she's like, you know, why, why haven't we gotten engaged? And I'm like, because I can't fucking work if I got to go on vacation. I could. No, right. and, and the truth is said in, in Justin, I sort of do feel that way. You know mm. what I mean? I do get anxious and go, I, I, how the fuck? Like, you're a mom. I love that she's taking us on vacation. But these are her vacation days. She's still getting paid. Right. I'm coming here. And again, this is horrible if they were to just hear this out of context, but that's what's going on in my head right. and in my heart, I have to be like, this is, I need to embrace the fact that my family doesn't really do vacations and I need to slow the fuck down mm-hmm. to, and get to your level and just relax and enjoy it. And enjoy if it. you're going to be there, just enjoy yeah. it. it. I know a lot so... of times when I'm on vacation, I feel guilty that I'm not like doing yeah. something, but I'm like, 
you know what, just enjoy it, recharge. Yeah. And I mean, you can even like when you're on vacation, you can like come up with new ideas and, and I stuff, did. which I, I do that. 15 year old hitting on Tasha. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, had, I also got like an hour work done each morning on my laptop. Just like a you few still things. gotta, you have to live to be able to be creating. Yeah. You can't just be on your laptop all the time. Like you have to get out there and experience life. And that's like one thing where and I'm like, okay, I need to be doing that more. You can't just let life go past you by until you've made it. You'll literally just be b- bottled up bitterness that I clearly still have in a yeah. way. But like, I know I have it. No, I do too. I know I have that. And I go, oh, geez, well, I got to go, you know, I the last few months I've had, I've had so much traveling that didn't necessarily like translate to paychecks, mm. but it's like necessary stuff and that's fine. But also it's hard to be the guy who's got to be like the, you know, the, the one in charge when I'm like, it's draining sometimes to have to do that. Yeah. And I've had to let her know, you know, I, and, I, and but like, yeah, it's just, it's with, when, with the love language, that's, that's the sacrifice I have to make. And it sounds super bitter to be like, my sacrifice was going on vacation, but it's like, yeah, that wasn't a vacation I had planned in my books. I would have been doing my stand up, blah, blah, blah. But also I have right. to like realize that that's like a special thing to just let happen, even though it wasn't in my control. Totally. And I mean, yeah, like you just have to enjoy your life too. What is your boyfriend? What's his name? Max. Max. What is Max? What does he have to give you for your love languages? Other than affirmations. Like has he, does he, does he do it? Uh, is he good at it? Or is it something he's had to learn? Cause usually if it's not their love language, mm-hmm. they have no idea that they have to give it to you. Like, does he, right. does he like affirmations or he just doesn't need it? No, I think he needs affirmation too. Um, what are they? It's um, gift giving, affirmation, quality do, time, doing things. Oh, I think one of my things is um, what is it when you when you doing things for other acts people? Of service. Yeah, acts of service. Like like, I would always like clean his apartment yeah. or stuff like that. Um, that's like my dad's. My dad always does, like filling up our gas tanks yeah. and stuff. So I don't know. I, I guess I, that's like a combination of of of. You're giving someone some of your time. It's not a mutual time. Yeah. That's the thing. As such a loner, I'd rather go wash Tasha's car for her. Mm-hmm. Like, Look, I gave you a shiny red car. Yeah. Then, like, wash it with her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just go do it by myself. Yeah. And, like, but that's like a dog bringing back the, you know, a dead bird it found. And you go, mm-hmm. what the fuck? Yeah. You don't need the bird. The dog's like, no, 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 but I got it for you. It's cool, right? Well, a lot of times what I have to do is because I don't make that much money is I have to do the time thing. Like my energy, like gifts like that, yeah, yeah. then to make be like, cause I can't like, cause, cause he, you know, makes more money than me. So he'll like take us out to nice dinners and stuff. But I just can't do that yeah. because I need to be spending that money on my web series or classes. Like I'm still going like taking acting classes, improv classes and rent and all that stuff. But that's and, good that he understands. So he's yeah, cool and I mean, that. and yeah, oh, totally. And he likes he like loves going out to eat. So he always like takes us out, and it's so nice, and it's so like I love that. It's really really sweet. But I've felt like a lot of times it's like, well, like the things I can do for you are like you know, blowjobs m- more, yeah, <laughs> a little bit more time I have to give. Yeah, I wish. Oh, Acts I tell of her, I like, babe, I tell her like if. When I start bringing the money and you rely on me, we are doing two hundred dollar blowjobs. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, I get yeah, but I know her, and like she's she's such a loophole person. I was like, this is how it's gonna work. Uh, it's you're gonna get paid depending on what my friends think, like how good of a job you did. Like this would never actually happen. But I was like, we have some mutual friends that are kind of kinky, and uh, 
and they're always talking about sex. And I was like, well, I want them to be like the third party that judges how much your blowjob was worth. Oh, my God. Because it was up to her. She's like, I sucked it. But if it'd be like, really fucking making yeah. You want those new shoes or what? Like, really? And oh I joke around God. because like, I joke around with her that I'm a feminist because she makes more money than I do. And it's because mm-hmm. I can't afford to have another opinion. Yeah. And how like, you know, like I go down on her because she pays for the groceries and like that. But oh it's, my God. Well, it's, but that's, 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 that's the currency of the relationship is that like, if you can find someone who's willing to invest in you and enjoy you, then, yeah. and, and if they so happen well, also, to sell houses and make some more money, then it doesn't devalue what you do. It's just like, shit, not everything pays it. In exactly. But, but it also, it's not like you're a bum that's just sitting on his yeah. couch, like on her well, you take like, a, like, take like a stay-at-home mom. I mean, fuck. <sighs> they're worth so much money. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Like, they're worth so much. My sister doesn't have a job. She's raising four kids. And she and to think that, like, that doesn't bring home a paycheck. But, God damn, that's worth it's so much money. a lot of work, yeah. A guy who's going to, like, push numbers around on a screen. But that's just the way it is. We're like finance bros. It's like this hierarchy of like the fucking money. Like when I lived in New York, the money these bros were making. It's oh, like, yeah. It's well, insane. I'm just creating uh, stories and making people laugh. And I guess that's not worth anything yet. But I'll, I'll fine tune it. We'll get there. I know. Well, that's the nice thing about the industry is that like there really isn't a limit of how much you can make. Like once you once you are making money, yeah. like you can be making like a shit ton of money when a lot of times – other careers there's kind of a limit right. at some point you float you float along with your side gigs your hustles and then one day like uh take they just open up the brea improv so mm-hmm. say say um say this uh episode we just did went viral and mm-hmm. you know 40 million people downloaded it and they go oh my gosh shannon d is amazing and dave's awesome and and so we got to and so we had this huge following they go we just want to hear you guys talk and perform we go mm-hmm. okay cool and then we booked the brea improv and it seats six, 600 yeah and we charged five you know, fifty dollars a ticket because that's fair. Yeah. Well, that's three hundred thousand dollars. That's thirty thousand dollars. And then you do six shows, and that's one hundred eighty thousand dollars. And we both leave there with 90, 90 grand. Yeah, because well, that's going to happen, right? Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. No, it, sounds, it sounds like a lottery, but there's no other way other than you just that. This is what we do. We're 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 working on our storytelling in different mediums, and the podcast has been amazing. Um, again, I've been rambling. We'll, we got to go. The podcast has been amazing because you can ha- you can formulate thoughts. And talk to people and make friends and also like relate. Like we 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 shouldn't have too much in common. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean like, but we're both fighting our fight, doing our thing, and and here we find out we both uh, have a have a Chelsea gymnast uh, sister named Chelsea that's a gymnast. Can't and, um, believe it. And uh, you know we like to perform on porches, so that's a good yeah. start. <laughs> and next time you need an alien, I got the big ears. I'll point the. Yeah, we don't even need a prosthetic yeah. for you. <laughs> that nose is great, Dave. That's a good. Yeah, yeah I got a good like you know, Venusian. Anyway, uh, so what can we promote before we get out of here? I know people are going to want to follow your Instagram. It's at I'm, look at me. I'm Shannon D. Like D-E. Grace, yeah. Like Sandra D, look at me, I'm Sandra D, but look at me, I'm Shannon that, D. Uh, connection. You didn't? Yeah. I know, some people don't. I'm like, you're a loser. Look at me, I'm Shannon D. Yeah. We'll take we'll take a photo on our Instagram with our little um our little photo cards, our little uh I have the five love languages on the uh oh, on, the, great. on the thing. So we'll, <laughs> which one actually, we are? we're both af- affirmations, so oh. please someone Just compliment. <laughs> tell us we're pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I get tell me my nose isn't that big, even though I said it was. Um I get I get a lot of people that write in and they'll like, they'll like start the conversation with how much they love and they'll list all these affirmations and mm. I appreciate it. But I'm also like, I feel like you're, 
trying to just say this because I know, you know, I need it. Oh yeah. But if life is genuine, I'll take it. You know what I mean? Do if you, you talk about it, how you need affirmations a lot? Well, yeah, because Tasha's the worst. She's really bad at it. Oh, she is. It's if if there's such a thing as like a negative well, like she's got a negative well of affirmation. Uh, she just it's just and I and I sympathize with her. I feel for her, and um, I'm bad at quality time. I'm mm. bad at like, uh, but I still plan dates and things like that. But um, yeah. I she's she. She, you know, you get you get the you know birth control reminder on the alarm. Go yeah. She needs an affirmation reminder. Just be like, find a reason to give Dave a specific compliment mm. today. Just one a day. Yeah, will probably be enough for me. Well, I think a lot of times I um, try and make Max's head a little smaller because he has such a big head. Like he's so cocky, confident as he says. <laughs> so I like say, like I like shit on him a lot. Like yeah. bust his balls. That's what my family does. So I'm like, okay, someone shouldn't do that as much as you do. Yeah. Kind of but I'm like, sure he still appreciates the attention. Like I, I like having, you don't just, you I just like don't get anything. Busted. That's how, that's how sort of, um, maybe it's, maybe it's, I'm self-centered, but if someone's making fun of me, it's because I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. If it's a stranger, it's like, fuck you. But if my buddy is making fun, like, like wants to make fun of me and like, you know, at the comedy store patio and we're hanging out or some guy, I'm like, I, to me, that's like, Oh, oh totally. Oh, cool, we're cool. Right. I'll yeah. Make back and this and maybe that. that's an East coast thing. Cause that's how my yeah. whole family is. Like we just bust on each other and it's yeah. like out of love. And Max's family, like just, where's he from San Francisco oh. and they don't do that. And so a lot of times I would like, will I, I guess I probably, well, maybe I still do it, but in the beginning, especially I would like, bust on him like with his brothers like kind of like you know do a little yeah. like gang up on him and he like hated that and i'm like yeah but we're like it's out of love yeah. you know no i think it's good to be diff- to have those sort of differences that's like that's the friction that we talk about that builds the fire because it's like you don't want to be stale and just be, you know have two people that think alike you want to have someone who's like yeah that'll challenge you or yeah. like you know put you in your easy. place like I call him out all the time on like his bullshit guys need that yeah I'll, I'll we'll be singing a song in the car and i and i'll i'll see tasha looking at me because she knows i don't know the next verse <laughs> <laughs> she knows i'm gonna start mumbling it she knows i'm gonna power through those words i don't know make them up and then she's like yeah so it's like it's i, I, think, I think guys specifically l- like to have a strong woman and again if you can't handle a strong woman you got a lot of work to do on your own stuff totally but to have a strong woman be able to like just shit on you yeah and it's like come we'll on call you out yeah. just not like let you get away with yeah when you're being an asshole or whatever yeah. don't be an asshole guys yeah anyway so look at me i'm shannon d yeah and, and then-, then my web series is called not from around here and i'm hoping it'll be out january of 19 you have like a premiere I want to, yeah. Nice. I think I, I was thinking about, and maybe you can have some um, recommendations, but like the LSID or LSID. Yeah. Um, There's so many venues in town. Yeah, and like just rent it out and kind of do like, uh, you know, drinks and stuff like yeah. that. Invite what's your, a bunch what's of your people. dream thing that would happen to this project? You would sell it and produce it as a TV show? Or yeah, what? I mean, yeah. that would be the dream, yeah. Okay. But if all else fails, it's just good to have like something yeah. to show my work. Thing, there is no failure. I mean, it's yeah. proof of concept that you can do what totally. you do. And there's so many networks out there looking for young female voices yeah and now it's like i can like i can really call myself like a producer and a director and yeah. stuff like that so i'm really proud of it and nice. i'm so excited and like all my friends did such an amazing job and i'm just so so impressed with them and then someone's gonna listen to this 
several years down the line and you'll already be like the Catherine Bigelow exactly. doing your thing and they'll be like, oh, look, she was just talking about some web series and we can actually, it's, it's important Go to show people it. sort of the, um, the blueprint to success. Yeah. I got this book called The Talent Code. I'm going to do a whole episode on it because I haven't, I've only started to read it. But the idea of The Talent Code is that um, geniuses and creatives and not to say creatives are genius but people uh whether you're a pro clarinet player whatever it is that you do you weren't born with that right you've just learned and we've talked about the fixed mindset versus a growth mindset oh, yeah yeah and we started to talk about it because our a couple weeks ago our guest chris scopo who's a new york comedian was making fun of tasha because she has a fixed mindset about certain things mm-hmm. when you're a perfectionist um uh they say perfection is the enemy of good you you might not want to try new things for the fear of failure i think you probably might agree um that with comedy and with this, what we do, there's so much failure that you almost embrace it because it triangulates how to get like you will, you're not going to, it's okay to have the bumper set up on the bowling alley. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's just going to ping pong you to the direction you need to go. And it's okay to not know what that direction is. You just have to start doing something for right. your life. And totally. with, with the audience, it's, it's like, you know, that might be a blog. It might, you don't know what it is, but you're not going to know you, by, by, thinking it's too late or you've got a full-time job or kids or whatever, you're just failing yourself and disappointing yourself and that resentment's not going to go away. Yeah. And the only thing you can do is anything. Like the only totally. thing you can do is anything. The and only thing that's worse is, yeah, it's like I'd rather fail than not even try. Yeah. Like there's a lot of time, like a lot of my friends out here are like, oh, it's just not happening. I'm getting older, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I don't want to give up until like I think I've tried like everything because yeah. I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. There's nothing else I want to do. And there's no, I mean, when you know, when you can tell yourself that you're, that giving up is not an option, you know, plan B is try a little harder at plan A. And there yeah. might be a, sub, a, 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 a plan sub A, yeah. which is like your side gigs that get you back to plan A, mm. but it's like, it's not, and I've had to have this talk with, so Tasha's brother is going to Kentucky, University of Kentucky, mm-hmm. um, whatever that school is. And um, they, they, she was lucky enough to be home in Kentucky for, um, well, unfortunately for her grandmother's death, but also was able to move her brother into college for his freshman oh, cool. year, which is really cool. And he doesn't know what he wants to do. And I don't trust anybody who does know what they want to do. Yeah. But, um, her mom, but her mom's worried because they want the best for him. Right. And I, I see them looking at me as a guy who, you know, I don't think they've really worried too much about asking me about my career plans, but I, I still worry that like, just so you know, I got, I have a strategy here. Mm -hmm. I'm not just a guy who sits at home and thinks of a tweet. Like there's a strategy to it, but also just trust that if like, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I've never been more confident. I swear I've never been more confident in, in the fact that there's, there is a path of success to success. Yeah, I know. I definitely feel like a lot of times, like almost kind of like, I hate when people ask me, like, how's it going and stuff. I'm just like... They put so much... How's it going? Yeah. I'm how's like, it, are you... Just fucking shut yeah. the fuck up. Are you, like, pursuing it? Or, like, are you... You know, they, yeah. ask all the, they use all these terms. Like, are you, so, are you like, pursuing comedy? Or are you, like, trying to be this? And it's mm. like, whoa. Do you understand these, these weak words you're using? I know. I am. I'm doing yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about? I'm I paying know. the rent. But it's like, yeah, you gotta. So this book, the Talent Code, it's it's and again, just uh, 
just broke into it. But myelin, M-Y-E-L-I-N, myelin, I, I could be pronouncing it wrong, is an enzyme that they've studied and found that, that when you learn how to play a G note on your clarinet, it wraps this enzyme around the thought process to make that happen. And it forms this like highway, this pathway. And the stronger you get with running your scales as a clarinetist, and I'm just using that as an example, the stronger you get, the more you do it, the, the, the more, you know, the stronger, the faster that pathway is. So when you're running bits, like I had a bit and the punchline is, Toyota Supra mint condition, and I have to nail mint condition because uh, if I yeah. if I go, if I don't hit that punchline to this joke I'm not telling, then then it doesn't fucking land with the audience. Totally. And I've had to just be in my car and say Toyota Supra mint condition, and I've had to work on like just how I'm sticking that to be like your gymnast sister. I was how you're fucking say, you gotta stick it. it. And there's and because I'm reading this book, the talent code, and I go, well, I'm not learning how to play clarinet. How does this work with creativity? Right. And you go, well. It works with creativity when you combine it with books like The War of Art, which if you haven't read, is like just fucking amazing mm. about like kicking back on the procrastinating and actually doing the work and realizing that you don't need to know where the gold is buried. You just have to start digging. Yeah. Like you will get, you will know it when you see it and you go, fuck. And there's nothing better than seeing that joke when it lands and you go, oh, I yeah. get it. I'm the fucking chump of this joke. Yeah. The 15 year olds are hitting on her while I'm filming it. I'm the fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, okay, let's just, you know, dust this off and make it better. But but to, to find that spark, how does that come from? Like, I'm, you know, I'm 10 years into being in SAG. I'm, I'm six years into stand-up and eight years into improv and, or all these other things. And you go, okay, I'm starting to see the structure I'm building. Right. I don't know what it is, but I'm starting to see it. And And the hardest part was just taking that first kind of like, you know, dig mm-hmm. and, the, and you know, for the audience, whatever that is, whatever it is you're looking for out there, yeah, just, you just fucking gotta start doing go it. for it. And sometimes, you know, you got to start with failure, whether you're being dumped or fired or whatever. Sometimes the best place to start is when you just reduce to rubble yeah. and just realize that it's not the rubble. You might not have caused the rubble, uh, uh, consciously, but like, there's a reason it's there. You weren't doing what you were meant to do. Yeah. The universe is going to set you on the right path. I don't yeah, know. I know. Whenever I, I'm feeling my lowest is when I just feel stagnant. Yeah. Like I'm not doing shit. Go to the gym. You yeah. know, it's like my mom gave me the best advice when I was like a week into being broken up and I lost 10 pounds and she's like, Dave, please get out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> get out of bed. Yeah. I went, uh, I went out and I was living in New York and it was bad weather and I went out and I bought a panini or something. Mm-hmm. I went to like a pret a manger or whatever the fucking restaurant's called. And I bought it. I couldn't, and I could only eat half of it. I really had to put it down. The nutrients went into my body. And the next thing you know, I'm like, like I actually recovered that way. I just did some, I just got out there and it's yeah. like. I, in in that moment, if I had just been like, oh, I'm a failed whatever, I would have never gotten out of bed. But like, you just it's you know, yeah. Anyway, we got to get out of here. So just keep doing it. Look at me, I'm Shannon D. Yeah. And then uh, come back on, come back on when the oh, web series know, yeah. is either out or when the premieres around the corner. Yeah. And um, and again, thanks thanks for chatting with me today. Of course, thanks for having me. All right, peace. peace. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you gotta end it. Yes, eh?